Hi, I'm RJ Baxter with realestatetalkdenver.com and I'm here today with Lisa Nguyen of Real Estate or Remax Professionals here in Denver. And uh, Lisa's been in real estate for a long time in the Denver area and we love working with her. She's great at what she does. And she's joining us today because she has a really unique niche in the marketplace and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. But first of all, tell us a little bit more about yourself. How long have you been in real estate, Lisa? So I actually started in 2005 and I worked okay. through the recession and till 2011 and I got pregnant with my second child. So at that time I took a half a decade break from real estate and started okay. up again in 2016 and it's been going ever since. So all in all nine years, but okay. I've seen the market when it crashed and I've also seen the market and had to relearn the whole entire business again with all of the recent changes. and. Mm -hmm to see how it's changed once again. Yeah, it's definitely changed a lot. Yes, and yes. You, and you survived that time during the crash. Yes, yes, so. that was one of the best years of my life actually during that recession. Oh, really? So, wow. So it was, a, it was a hard time, but it was a good time. Yeah, so so now are you from Colorado then originally? Yes, or? I'm born and raised, so okay. St. what is it, St. Luke's, that's where I was born at. I was okay. born at that hospital there. I'm a native, I was born in Denver, and I've okay. been here ever since. Okay, how did you get involved in real estate? Uh, I actually got involved in real estate uh, initially when I graduated college th through my sister. She said, okay. this is something that we should do, but it's organically evolved into just serving the community at some point. Um, because after mm -hmm. I started doing it, I realized that there was a need for people that speak different languages within this business mm -hmm. as far as just translating and helping to navigate through the deal. Because it's a very, very difficult process if you don't speak the language of the people that you're helping. And so yes. originally, yeah, it was just an idea, but as I started to work and, you know, be more involved within the community, mm -hmm. it's, it's evolved into, it's evolved into that. And so that's okay. why I'm in it now. Okay. So what language do you speak, or languages do you speak? Uh, currently, so I speak Vietnamese and okay. um, I just hired an assistant. She speaks Korean fluently. So on my team, we no have two, two of the, the Asian languages. Okay. Okay. And that's your niche, right? You, you work a lot with the Vietnamese uh, population. Yeah, yeah. So I work largely with the Asian community within Colorado, and that has been my niche. Um, a lot of it obviously started just from the language portion, but okay. over time it's evolved through knowing the cultural mannerisms, uh, mm -hmm. being able to fulfill the different types of special requests that I get uh, within real estate. So there's a lot of different layers outside of just being able to speak the language. I get a lot of very unique requests when looking for homes or, you know, even within commercial properties. Okay. What kind of unique requests do you mean? Uh, when I say unique, I mean feng shui. And okay. so okay. I will have clients that have specific feng shui, feng shui requests. And what I mean by that is uh, certain people will ask for certain house numbers. They will have homes or buildings that need to face a certain direction. Hmm. Um, They'll ask, you know, some people need their stairs positioned in a certain way, their backyards cut a certain way, hmm. their stoves and sinks to not be crossed from one another. There's a slew of different special requests when it comes to feng shui. It, it, it can even be as, as um, specific as having to put a listing up on a specific day, signing paperwork at a specific huh. time in the okay. night or on a specific day. There's good and bad days, there's good and bad numbers, and so I've gotten requests all across the board. And So imagine trying to get a house in this market, and then imagine trying to get a house in this market with the right feng shui on top of that. 
Right, with the, with the stove in a certain place. Or, or the home facing a certain direction, um, just different requests across the board that that I have to fulfill, but that's, that's, that's some of the unique requests that I do get with huh. working with the community. That's very interesting. So is feng shui, is it one thing for everybody or does each person have a different perspective on what feng shui is? So feng shui has to do with the flow of the energy. Um, Specifically for certain people, it could be the direction that the house faces, and okay. that does not pertain to everybody. Otherwise, like everybody would have a house facing west or east. Right. But depending on each per person's feng shui, they'll have specific requests on the direction that the front door needs to face. So the front door is basically essentially like the mouth of chi. That's where the energy comes in. Okay. And so um, that's one layer of it. There's certain people that will not Actually, a lot of people that won't purchase a home that adds up to the number four. And um, okay, huh? Yeah. So when you're like, what? What do you mean? I'm by trying to think four? if my house adds yeah, up so, to four. Yeah. So <laughs> I know everybody watching right now is going to start adding up their everyone's house numbers. Everyone's doing the math. Yep. Everyone's yep. doing the math. So <laughs> let me give you a couple of examples. So let's say the house was one two one zero. You'd add up the one plus two plus one plus zero, which would equal four. Hmm. Fours are bad. Um, in the Chinese language, it sounds like death. In Korea, they will oh. not have four rooms in hospitals. If you think about the 13th floor, what is a one and a three add up to? How four. many hotels don't have 13th floors? Right. And so I think it's a lot more prevalent than people think with feng shui. So another, you know, like, let me just throw out another. So 58, 70. Five plus eight is 13, right? Plus seven is 20. So it can only be a single digit. If you were to add things up and it was a 15 by the end of adding up all the numbers, you add the one and five together to equal a six. So you add it up until it gets to a single digit. And the only other digit uh. that's not single is a 10. So fours and tens, a lot of people believe those to be bad luck. A lot of really, really good feng shui numbers, like eights and nines are very, very lucky. So if your home is three, 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 zero, that's a nine. Okay. Huh. Or seven one one zero. That would be a nine. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So, what about if it's a four bedroom house, for example? Is that bad luck too? No, nope. nope, not the bedrooms. Um, but where the bedrooms are positioned could be bad luck. Not bad luck, but just mess with the flow of the energy. So, um, the master bedroom on top of the garage—that's not good feng shui because there's so much energy and things going in and out within the garage, and your master bedroom is supposed to be a place of rest. And so a lot of people will mm. not like their master bedroom above the garage. Having uh, the bathroom also in the center of the house is not good luck. When I was talking about stove and the sink, what they mean by that is they should not be across from one another because that's fire against water. And so a lot uh. of people don't want their fire and water mixing. Um, other things within feng shui is you walk in the house and you see stairs directly in front of the door that they say that that's like money just going out the door. That's energy just flowing directly out of the door. And so I have clients will walk in and there's stairs in front of the door and they're like, let's go. Nope, it wow. won't work. So huh. that some people take it very seriously. Front door going out the back door, that's another money in, money out energy. So if you walk in and you just see the back door directly right there, that's not good either. But there are ways to counter it. So some people are like, oh, maybe I'll put a bookshelf, you know, in between to kind of counter that. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to work around it, but those are just some of the type of requests I get, or even way the, the way the backyard is cut. Okay. If it slopes down, you know, that's not good feng shui. I mean, if it slopes up, that's okay, but not if it slopes down in the back. Or 
Okay. I'm not trying to freak out everybody. If you happen to have one of these houses, don't I'm be checking like, the boxes on my own. Don't house be like, like, oh my gosh, all my money's going out. But I know for certain, yeah. everybody watching is like, huh, what is my house number? Yeah. Yeah. And um, they're all thinking they need to call Lisa and get a more feng shui uh, house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or just you know, if you have questions, I'm always here to kind of help agents. I've had my friend; she works in New York, and she called me and she or messaged me and said, "I have these Chinese investors, and they're asking about numbers." And I have no idea what they're talking about, Lisa. And I'm like, it's feng shui. They want to make sure that the buildings that they're purchasing have the correct feng shui. And so there yeah. are, you know, it's just about having the knowledge of it and being aware that the, these requests out there do exist. But the market mm. that I work with has all kinds of special requests. And that's that's just one of many outside of the language. Hmm. So where, where does feng shui come from? Is it a philosophical thing or religious? Chinese, or? It's, I don't, it's not religious. It just has to do with the flow of energy. So it's more with having to do with the flow than, okay. than anything religious, but um, okay. came from the Chinese. Interesting. So, so you mentioned the phone call you got from a friend in New York about uh, someone that, and she had a question about them. That made me think about something you were telling me about before we started the, the show about this international team that you're starting. Yes, yes. Um, to help serve the Asian population better. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. So um, my team, LL International Group at Remax Professionals, we are launching that next year. And what that's going to entail is not even specifically, um, I am going to focus on Asia, but what I mean by the international portion is having the agents in place that can speak the different Asian languages. Mm -hmm. And this is going to obviously benefit agents that are not Asian because they can come to us and ask us about feng shui or let's say they get a lead from Zillow, they get a lead from somewhere online and the person's only speaks Chinese. They mm -hmm. can call us up and you know either we can ch help them navigate through the deal, which I've helped agents before. I've just sat in on listing appointments and spoken the language to help them out so they can land the listing or if it's you know, it's been to the point too where they're just like, I literally can't communicate with this person. Would you like a referral? And so we will be a source, we'll be that team that people can refer deals to if it's something that the agent thinks that they're gonna lose. Wouldn't that be great to just be able to call up our team and be like, they they speak Korean, they speak Vietnamese, or they speak Chinese, and I don't know what to do with this deal. Yeah. Instead of losing it, they can call our team and we can work on it and we can sure. all get through the deal together. Um, but the next layer of that is servicing investors from Asia. Because okay. there's billions of dollars coming in right now from investors, you know, wanting to purchase from around the world, and a lot of eyes are on Colorado right now. There's a lot going okay. on in our market. I know what I'm doing is not unique in like New York or California or Chicago. They have these teams already, but I have not, I do not know of another team that exists like this in Colorado. And so that's what that, that'll entail. That's kind of surprising, really, with the international community that's here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there, there, there's agents that I know of that work, you know, with international investors, but I don't know of a specific team, like where you could go to the team and you're like, oh, there's one Vietnamese-speaking agent, there's a Korean-speaking agent, there's a Chinese-speaking agent, yeah. all within one team. Yeah. And so I do know that there's agents that work internationally, but I just want an in-house, you know, one-stop shop for everybody to be able to reach out to us if they have any requests mm -hmm. or just need mm -hmm. assistance with anything. Yeah, that's a great idea. And it just—it seems like the demographics are changing so much in Colorado and all over the country. Right demographics, now. yeah, are actually slate, slated to change within the next year, ten years. 
So whatever we're seeing right now is going to look completely different within the next 10 years. And if you look at a lot of the companies, I, I work for Remax, I know that they are already working with a lot of the different minority groups because they know that the minority um, demographic within the next year, it te next 10 years is going to transform completely. And what that means is, you know, right now we're like, oh, that's interesting that there's different languages, but I don't think it's going to even be, it's going to be common in the next 10 years, in the next decade. This is not going to be a thing that we're going to be um, talking about anymore because that's going to be mm -hmm. the norm. And so I just like to, I've been trying to put the word out there for agents to start expanding their business and start thinking differently and start thinking towards the future of how they need to put their business together or just kind of make those relationships and connections or gain the knowledge that they'll need fast forward in the future so that they're not, it doesn't hit them and they're like, oh my gosh, things have completely changed right. and we were not prepared at all or not thinking about that because right. it, it will change. Do, do they have projections on what the, how they think it's going to change? Yeah, yeah. So um, Remax puts out a report specifically. It's the state of Asia. It goes to mm -hmm. a lot of the congressmen. It goes to a lot of, you know, the real estate companies. But that's a really, really good report to look at. Be more than happy to share it with anybody that emails me as well. But it, you know, there's percentages of. Um, Asian market specifically, we are the fastest growing. We are not the largest, but we are the fastest growing market. And you're starting mm. to even see it within Hollywood. And they're, you know, they're putting out these movies, and everybody's laughing about, you know, crazy rich Asians. And this is a thing that's happening where these investors are coming in from from Asia, and they're buying a lot of property mm -hmm. in the United States within the realm of billions. And so I've it's heard something, about that. yeah, that people should. If you don't know about it, it's something to go look up because it's it's coming and it's changing and it's starting to be more um if you just look at if you just go and just look at the research and it's it's there but those reports are there the numbers mm -hmm. are changing and like i said within the next 10 years everything is going to look completely different whether you're prepared or not interesting so I've, I've heard that there's a lot of uh, people from international places buying properties here. Is it is that activity increasing, or has it just been steady the whole time through? No, no, it's it's been increasing, and um, I just don't think that it's something that people talk about as much because they don't they just don't have the knowledge of it. It's increasing, and where I'm starting to see it more in real estate is FERPTA. That's a very clear example of um, tax implications that could put be put on your buyer or your seller if you're not identifying if the person is a foreign entity or not. So now that's a question they ask at title companies and at closings. Are you a foreign investor? Are you, do you have a social security number? These are the questions oh. that are starting to be asked and that's why. Okay, because and what was that, FERPTA? FERPTA, what yep. does that stand for? Um, I don't know the the exact, I don't wanna say it in or, or what is it? FERPTA, yeah. so it's, it's a tax um, that gets put for somebody that's in a foreign investor. And so if okay. they, Let's say they own the listing and you're listing it for them. They get taxed differently than somebody from the United States would. Okay. But if you're not catching that and pulling out the taxes at closing, I mean, this is worst case scenario, but the buyer buying the house, if they didn't pull out those taxes at closing, so people have been taxed in the tune of 20, 30%. Wow. But that's something that you probably need to be catching at closing and not after closing. And so it's it's not it's something that everybody's starting to learn about. I, it's always been there. It's been there for a very very long time. But it's something that I notice people are starting to talk about more. Uh -huh. 
even so, huh? so are you saying that if someone, it, it's the foreign investor that's taxed more or? It, but yeah, the foreign investor has to pay more taxes okay. on, on their investment. But if you don't identify that they're a foreign investor and you're not catching that and the title company is not pulling out those taxes up front, then who does the liability fall on after that? Right. So you're you, a buyer, you're a seller. Yeah, so you as the agent could be in trouble well, from yeah. your buyer. Well, if your buyer gets taxed 20 30% and you were the agent and you didn't catch that, can you imagine? Yeah, that's and so not good. I'm out there, yeah, I'm talking about this international realm um, and people could say, yeah, I don't work with the Asian community, it doesn't affect me, but what are you going to do when there's a foreign investor on the other side buying one of your properties or you're going and buying a listing of a foreign investor and you don't want to learn about it and you're not paying attention and then all of a sudden your buyer or seller gets stuck with this big mistake that wasn't caught and then what, you know? So it right. does affect all of us. I guess what I'm trying to ask too, does it also affect the non-foreign investor? Like if they buy a property from someone that's a foreign investor that owns yes. it. Yes. So it could be someone that's an American citizen here yes. that's also affected by that. Yes, because, and, and when, you know, agents go to, go to closings now and that's a question that will be asked to everybody at the closing table. Do you have a social security number here? Are you, you know, um, a taxpayer of the United States? And if they're not, that's probably something that you would like to identify before closing and make sure that the proper taxes are being pulled out at that moment. This is not a conversation that's be, being had after the fact. Um, yeah, wow. It's, that's you know, I'm, I'm still learning about it myself. I'm not a FERPTA expert, but I do know that it's something that people need to pay attention to. I have enough knowledge that I'm aware that it's something mm -hmm. that I need to identify before, you know, closing or just um, making other agents aware of it because a lot of people do not know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't know about that. Yep. So I'm glad that you were on the show today to inform all of us about that. And Your title um, companies should, though. So, if the, you know, if you need more information on it, the title companies that you're working with should have, you know, the exact, like, acronyms and what the tax implications are. I, uh -huh. I, from my understanding, it's in the tune of 20 to 30 percent. So it's, wow. it's not a little yeah. bit. Significant. Very significant. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show today to share all that. That's yeah, really, cool. really interesting. And that feng shui stuff was, did I pronounce that right? Feng shui? Yep, feng shui. Yeah, that's, that's really fascinating. So I'm going to have to go back with that checklist to my house and see if I need to move. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, thanks again, Lisa. Yeah. Um, once again, this is Lisa. Uh, Nguyen with Remax Professionals and I'm RJ Baxter with realestatetalkdenver.com and um, we, um, I almost forgot, we like to end each show with a few questions. I was going to finish it up there but I caught myself. Okay. So our three questions that we like to ask all of our guests, the first one is, uh, what's your favorite place to go in Colorado? My newest favorite place is Beaver Creek. I oh, yeah. went there the past two years. It is so beautiful. Summer, um, winter, both? I think I like the winter in Beaver Creek. Just the snow is so beautiful, it's so nice. Uh, the first time I went there, I saw a bear. And that's just not one of those stories that you get to tell. It's not like you go places and yeah, I yeah. saw a bear. <laughs> yeah, right. But I love Beaver Creek. I think it's beautiful. I like the people out there. They're so nice and the shopping and the, the restaurants and the atmosphere, mainly for the yeah. relaxation portion of, of Beaver Creek. That's my new favorite place. It's a nice place. Yeah. What about a favorite book? What's a book that you would recommend? Think and us? Grow Rich. Yeah, That's a good one, classic. Right. Classic Napoleon yes. Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Um, I've already read it. I plan on reading it as many times as I can over and over and over again. But there is classic principles in that book for any sort of business person that if you adhere by these, I mean, 
I listened to the was the founder of Remax, and he said he's read it 30 times. And I was pretty happy when I heard him say that because I said I've read it once. But if he's read it 30 times, it's got to be a really good yeah. book. But I've yeah. read it once, and I plan on reading it a couple more times and trying to gather more more information from it. But yes. I got my daily affirmations off of reading that book, and that's what pushed me to set my goals and repeat these goals a couple times a day, uh -huh. every single day. So you do daily affirmations every yep, day? Yep, from that that's book. They said set a goal. Do an affirmation, tell it to yourself two times a day and repeat every single day. Yep. And I did that and That's, I hit my goal. That is so, so important. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Um, and then the final one, the final question we have for all of our guests is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, I definitely wouldn't want to know what people are thinking or saying about me. That for sure, I wouldn't <laughs> want to know what people are thinking. Um, if I had a superpower, I would want to be able to see the future. I mean, I. I'm a, I like playing poker. I obviously love real estate, but if I was able to see the future, I would know what investments that I needed to make yeah. as a business person, and I would be on that, so that would be my superpower is to be able to see the future, yeah, for that'd sure. Yeah, be a good one. Awesome, well, thanks again. Um, I'm gonna wrap it up for a second time. <laughs> and uh, once again, my name is RJ Baxter with realestatetalkdenver.com. I'm here with Lisa Nguyen of Remax Professionals. We appreciate you guys listening today, and you guys have a great rest of your day. Yeah.